Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. So welcome back everyone to Hot Breath Live, our weekly live stream where we answer your questions all about comedy. I'm Joel Byers. I am Yoshi So in the building. And we've got a doozy today, Yoshi. She's coming back on her first episode. She was just telling us she gets messages like every week about her first episode. Uh, you produce shows, I produce shows, we produce shows together. So yeah. the uh, two years ago she came on here, dropped a lot of sauce, but she's back and better than ever. More sauce. Mo sauce. Mo sauce. <laughs> we giving the goodies. We appreciate everyone watching live on our goodies. YouTube channel or listening to the podcast later. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel and be a part of these weekly live streams. And without further ado, Yoshi, you ready? Let's go, baby. Hop breath so first. For this one. Welcome. The one and only Eva Alexopoulos, everyone. Give it yeah. up for Eva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay. Oh, oh. Dab, dab. I like dab. the clap. I like the audio. We don't have the sound effects, so we'll just do mouth effects. Oh, we got a... We got um. How about this one? Fire. Fire. All right. There we go. We got some... We got some sound effects. Here we go. Ava's face is just, Ava's face is just the best right now. I just want to know what his little soundboard looks like from the other <laughs> I need to see it. Hi. There we go. Hello, well, Stars Aligned. Eva, welcome back. Oh, yeah, Stars Align is here. Joan and Bob Kirk. Bob Kirk's up in Toronto. Ooh. This is going to be exciting. So welcome yeah, back, Eva. Thank oh you. Gosh. Thanks for having me back. I miss you guys. It's been a while. It has, it has been, been a while. while. I've been following you from afar, though. I'm, I'm a fan of what you've built and you're continuing to build. So, I mean, maybe for the people who haven't heard your first episode, maybe give them just a brief, a brief rundown on what's goody in the hoodie of Eva. And uh, we'll get into it here. Yeah, for sure. So... For some of you who don't know me, my name is Eva Alexopoulos. I'm a comedian and a producer of Montreal's largest English comedy party called The Kickback. We've been going on for about three years now. It's a really nice community and a really big comedy party. And we've been about, uh, we're going on to our 20th sold out show in three years. So I'm uh, I'm pretty shocked still and taken, taken back by the community that's been built over the past three years. But uh, we're based in Montreal and since then we've seen the community grow even bigger and more producers kind of come out of that. So if you guys are ever in Montreal, just hit us up and head on down and we'll show you how cool the scene is over here. Oh, that is absolutely amazing. I'll, like I heard everything you said, but my ears and my mouth and my everything just flared up when you said 20 sold out shows. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That is I mean, here's the thing. I've been me and Joel have been producing for a while now. Like, I've had like a couple of sold out shows, but twenty sold out shows. That's 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 hard. That's going hard Dude. in the paint right there. Dude, I'm telling you, sometimes 
So I'm, I'm not going to lie. And I think anyone who's a producer can understand that is like when it's happening and while you're doing it, you're like, I can't believe we did it. And then the day after you're like, wow, I did it. But while it's happening up until the very moment you're, the show's about to start, you're like, yeah. do I hate myself? And why do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> Who hurt me? <laughs> But even That's after the awesome. show, you're like, oh, now I have to do it all over again. All over, <laughs> like, all over put again. it all together and market it and everything. But it seems like you've built, like you said, like an entire community around the show now. Yeah, which is crazy. So my um, my partner and I started the show three years ago, like right before COVID. You know, it was still an option to wear masks back then. And it was during the BLM movement. And he's a DJ and, and I'm a comedian. And he kind of sat me down on the couch and he was like, you know, what if what if we decided to throw like a, a comedy show, but like with an after party and I'll DJ and you could host. And I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I shut him down completely and he continued to push it. So it was 25 people of like our, our closest friends and people we kind of knew here and there. And uh, it ended up selling out 25 people. And then there was a shot bottle and I was like, you know, in Greek culture, we do a lot of salutes you know why don't we buy everybody a shot and that's how we'll start the show to just get people a little more comfortable and a and a little more amped up like what what's the worst that could happen someone says no and it was that small gesture that has kind of been such a big part of the show strangely and it's not even about really the alcohol we have non-alcoholic shots as well but it's just about breaking the ice within a group of people who are really there for the art for the comics and you're creating a lot more of a supportive environment where as well, the people don't feel like they're going to get ripped apart as audience members or screamed at or belittled because it's a supportive crew and the comedians know they're there for them. And the comedians know that, you know, those people in the audience are really there to be their biggest fans and, uh, and vice versa. So to know that we've attracted such nice people <laughs> to comedy has kind of been the craziest, uh, craziest thing to kind of see grow over the past three years. But I, I'm I'm eternally grateful. I still can't believe it, but we're both uh, we're both really proud of it. That's awesome. I mean, mm -hmm. and then you said DJ and comedy. Oh, that's just the dream right there. Just to have yeah. a party. Yoshi DJs. I've been trying to get them to D we us do like a DJ comedy show thing. You know, yeah. pretty cool. We tried it one time. We tried it one time. Uh, but I mean, I'm, we might dig into this cause I really, I am a fan of like mixing like art forms together. Uh, yeah. I did a show where I had a magician just so you guys know, never follow a magician in comedy. <laughs> That's just rule number one. <laughs> you cannot top a magician. I, I had a headliner come. He was like, why'd you have me go after the magician? I was like, I didn't know that it would be bad for you. And I learned my lesson. <laughs> but like, it's one of those was things the that we talented mix, like, and funny. It wasn't even that he was funny. It's magic. It's like another <laughs> different level. <laughs> well, <It's>... well, <laughs> well, I guess that brings us to our first point of the lesson: is booking for your audience. <laughs> Boom! She's a teacher. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into it. Yeah, because that's. Last last episode, you went into like branding, creating an experience for the audience, creating experience for the comedians as well, making sure it's something they want to share and come back to and things like that. But 
even before the show, you were talking about all that you've learned. So since then, when we did this two years ago, so yeah, let, let's get into it here, Eva. Yeah. So I feel like maybe we should go back to the basics for some of our friends who are kind of new here and maybe we can do like a little recap to kind of catch everyone up. But my background is also in marketing. So a lot of the things that we do with our show are, are actually integrated with, you know, corporate strategies, social media strategies. I was a marketing expert for a resort called Club Med for three years that was all about hospitality, animation, and creating customer experience. So a lot of what the kickback is comes from that. And a lot of the stuff that you guys are going to learn today are mixed with hospitality, marketing, social media management, and community management, which is things that people don't always think of in terms of comedy, but is super, super essential to building a successful show and people who, who keep coming back. So the first thing that I would ask anyone is when they want to produce a comedy show is to ask yourself these first three questions. So who am I producing this comedy for? What type of comedians do I think they would like? How much money do I want to make off of this? How much do I want to pay my comics? And how am I going to do it? And there's a lot of different avenues. So for us, our who was, we are doing this for people who are not necessarily already comedy fans, but want an experience and who also love music. And Montreal is very comedy and music oriented. So it was, how can we take the Montreal experience and package it into not just a comedy show, but a comedy experience? And how old are those people? And what, you know, what do they do for a living? And what kind of things do they like? Do they like throwback retro pop? Do they like EDM? Do they like more art? and animated stuff. And you can start building your brand um, off of that. And then the biggest question is, why are you doing it? So what do you hope to achieve? A lot of people produce shows because it helps them build their personal brand, which is always a great benefit. It helps them get stage time on other people's shows because you know that's the politics of comedy. You, you give and you get and you do all of those things. Um, but for us, our why was we wanna build a community of people who sustainably want to continue coming to comedy shows and feel like they're a part of something and not just paying to, to be thrown people at them. We wanted to create a curated experience where our group knows that whenever they come to a kickback, they're going to get really great comics, a great experience, a free shot every time and mm. other little, other little gifts from sponsors. So those are really, you know, big questions to ask. So, who am I doing this for? Why am I doing it? What am I doing it for? And then you can ask yourself where and how. Beautiful. Yeah. Bobby said, knowing your why will make you try. <laughs> Bobby knows best. <laughs> cool. I like that. Um, as you build like, as you first started building the community, did you know exactly who all those people were? Or was it the community that sort of like developed that you then were like, oh, this is who you actually kind of are? Well, I think for, um, for my partner and I, the way it started was truly with our friends and it really took off with word of mouth. So one of the benefits of word of mouth marketing is that those people are talking to like-minded people who are talking to like-minded people 
and so on. So we knew we always had a great group of friends. Um, Micah and I both grew up in the church. Like he grew up with his family on a traveling Christian band family, like Whoa. ministers. And so he's also grew up in animation and getting people around. And I grew up really Christian as well. I went to Christian camp and then, so a lot of animation and bringing people together was kind of a basis. So it's not exactly a church, but it's a congregation of some sorts because we still try to attract a certain type of energy and a certain type of person that believes in kindness and support and exclusive inclusivity. You know, it's really important to us that when you walk in, you feel like we remember you, we know your name, you're welcome here. We appreciate the fact that you spent $35 on us because the world is inflated right now. So mm -hmm, um, sure. I think for us, after maybe about 10 shows, we would start to look around and be like, I don't know that person. Do you know that person? I don't know that person. Do you know that person? And it, it kind of, you know, it starts to piggyback like that because people bring friends of friends. And then again, and then of course you mix your actual social media marketing and your branding and you target that and you make sure to hit the right people. But, you know, half the battle is just making sure those first group of people have the best time of their life and you make sure that they feel seen because that's what we do, right? The kickback is about being seen, whether you're an artist or you're an audience member, it's really our intention to make sure that, you know, this is a place where you come to diffuse from the world and kind of forget that it's in flames for just two hours. <laughs> and then you can go back to regular programming. Very cool. That is yeah, awesome. I think, yeah, I think thinking of the audience first is something so interesting. I mean, I think a lot of times, I know the first show I ever did, I just, wanted to do it for like hosting experience and i was making 25 dollars. and then after doing it for four years i was like oh i'm gonna ask for a raise and i started doing it for 50 dollars <laughs> um you know so yeah 35 to, to, <laughs> but to like there's a difference between like doing a show for free and maybe for a tip jar and then selling like 35 dollars for a ticket to a comedy show you know i mean at least here in America, I mean, that's that's more than a lot of comedy clubs charge. So, like, there's a lot that goes into, like, making sure people get the value and the more than they even expect with $35. Yeah, I mean, it's it also has to do with, you know, when you take into account, like, your costs. So, lesson two, costs are really important. And that's definitely an area where we've made a ton of mistakes and a ton of successes doing. Um because again, when, when you're producing a show at first, you're not really thinking about profit. And I think that is where you find success in the long run, because mm -hmm. our goal with this was never to make money. And there's some months we do, and there's some months we don't, because we want to put a little bit extra money into investing to bring a comedian down, or we want to um, invest in a bit of a better venue. And in the moment, if you're kind of you know self-centered, you're like, oh, well, I need to make x amount and i need to make sure i pay my rent with this and there was a while where i was paying my rent with the show and it was affecting my show poorly because i couldn't make the the type of like liberal decisions monetary wise because i was focused on surviving so if yeah. you are producing a comedy show especially at first do not do what i did find another stream of revenue so that you can keep investing that money into your show. Because again, sometimes it's necessary and you don't have a choice. Um, and for a little bit, I didn't. And I'm so grateful for everyone who was able to like support us in that way. 
but yeah. having another, you know, revenue streams so that you can continue to invest in your brand and in your product and still be able to live the life that you want is, is truly, truly important. And then finding the right, you know, website domain and provider to work with. So the two I would recommend are, um, universe, uh, because they use a program called Stripe, which is a kind of an online bank that's really popular in the States. And after yeah. a while and after a certain amount of shows, you can actually send direct money transfers to venues, to your comedians in advance and withdrawal from your Stripe account. So it's called stripe.com, universe.com. That's what we use. Um, and that way you're kind of able to send money out. So you're not waiting for that five to 10 day business period time to get money in and you're kind of if you don't have sponsors you're kind of scrunching around trying to figure out how i'm gonna pay all these things and you know pay all these people and get this stuff done so i've made that mistake before so definitely something to avoid that's awesome that's 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 some hidden gems right there i like that oh yeah i mean i you know don't know i'm an open book (laughs) yeah do you do you have sponsors for your shows now we do, yeah. So we have a sponsor. It's called Pro Bil- uh, Prohibition. They're a wellness brand, and we're also in talks with uh, Pabst and some other liquor companies. So because we give out that free shot, mm. and another, you know, another powerful point for the show and why it's really important to build community. So when you guys are looking for sponsors, the first thing that's really important is to research for sponsors that actually align with your brand and would be interested and need something from what you have to provide. So for example, there's a lot of brands who are looking for people between the ages of 19 and 35 who are um, nomadic workers and uh, work in marketing and they want those types of people to start consuming their type of vodka or tequila. So with us presenting, you're like, well, you can have direct consumer to brand experience. You can sponsor this event, be in charge of the signature shot and a shout out. And then they can give you a certain amount of money or they can give you, for example, some alcohol brands will give you five cases of beers for free. And then you can sell that. And that's how you make back your, um, your sponsorship. Interesting. Okay. So it could be a flat rate or they give you free product that you can then sell at the actual event. Yeah. But what's important is finding, you know, cause you can approach anyone, like you can get, pizza hut or a bank to throw money at you. But while it's good, yes, I recommend that more for like larger scale type of shows. People, especially now, I I believe, especially since post COVID with the rise of TikTok and Gen Z, storytelling is at its peak and people are really looking for authenticity and people who are honest and they're looking for connection. So sometimes whether it kind of looks like, oh, great, we got, you know, Bank of America as a sponsor, you're not going to have that laid back, cool person who's looking for a comedy show be like, Bank of America? Dope. (laughs) (laughs) Like, let me, (laughs) let me go, let me go to the Bank of America. Let's go hit up that comedy show. I bet it's hilarious. (laughs) But Chuck E. Cheese, be like, Chuck E. Cheese? What's Chuck E. Cheese? So, it sounds, it sounds silly and it sounds super obvious, but even for us, you know, finding a sponsor isn't always easy, but when you do find sure. sponsors that actually feel like partners, which is what we're kind of building now and people who really believe in your brand, it takes you so much further. So don't be in a rush to just get anyone really look for 
for sponsors that kind of align with your values and what you stand for. And that way, the people who align with that are going to be more attracted to your show. And that's how you create that starter sense of community. And you, like when you pitch these sponsors, do you have like a one sheet or something that shows the alignment that you both have? Yeah. So there's, there's a few ways that we've done it. So we were really lucky with our first sponsor. They approached us, they came to a show. So that's mm -hmm. another thing that you guys can do. If, if you're not really into the cold emailing thing, which is also not truly my vibe, um, mm -hmm. something I've always done and I find a little bit more, you know, inviting and chill as always, um, is one following those brands from my account, sending them a simple message that I really appreciate what they do and thanking them for doing it. Cause I mean it. And then I, I let it go for a little bit, but I don't even, I don't even come off hot. I just, I let it, I let it go because at least you're showing you're not starving. You're not hungry. You're confident in who you are. You're confident in your brand and you're letting them know that you see them. Mm. And that way it creates a space for, I think we can benefit each other. And I think there's something that I could do to help your brand. Because even as someone who worked in marketing for a long time and would get a lot of proposals, I always found it less appealing when I would get a cold email, someone just being like, I run this and this is what we want from you. And you can get this from us and explode it at this number. And it's right off the bat instead of it being an organic conversation. And that's for something sure. you sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. But like I said, you're better off inviting a brand to come see your show for free and seeing what you do and actually having them have a real experience. Cause in the long run, you'll, you'll get a lot more out of it than just the simple, like, hi, my name is Eva and I do this. And this is how many followers you can get. And this is how many, this you can get and give me your money. And mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it, both strategies can work. I just find for us and, and what we're about, so it's a very personable brand. So we try to have something a little more like, why don't you guys come enjoy it? We'll have a conversation and we can see how we can benefit each other because I know that you guys are trying to, um, trying to get this type of demographic. And I know that that's our demographic and it might be a little bit more difficult. So that's, uh, that's, that's our approach. And I also made I like a deck that. if you guys want to see it. Actually, it was oh, made by our co-producer, Ariane, who's Ooh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so you want to jump into the deck you're saying? Yeah, I want to show everyone. So this is this is something that um, has been really helpful for us and is really important. So this was made by our co-producer, Ariane. She did a great job, but I just wanted to show everyone what um, an About Us pitch deck kind of looks like, because it also gives you a lot more validity. If you decide to send a cold email, if you're following up on a conversation, you have this ready for you off to go and all the information that they need to know, even over a website or just an Instagram, because it, it goes above and beyond, but it's super effective. Let's see if that works. Can they see that? Um, yeah. I have it on the screen. I pulled it up on the screen. Um, can you see it on this, the screen? Yeah, I can I see can it. See on on, a, on a, the live stream? This that is the I first time we're doing this. So but I, I Joel, pulled it up this... on my end. Okay. So I'm not share screening anymore. Am I? Um, yeah, we couldn't figure out how to get it to work. Okay. So this is you. Can you scroll up and down and show me if it works? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like this. Okay. Yeah. It is. Can you see that? Amazing. 
Yeah. Awesome. Should we so should we is... start at the top? And people listening mm-hmm. to the podcast, go watch it on uh, YouTube so you can see it. <laughs> well, we can always I can always make a scaled down version and send it to you for the for the hot breath of verse. Like the last yeah. time I made a form. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you had it. You had a checklist for the last uh, podcast we did. So yeah, yeah. I had, well, I'll send it again. <laughs> We're able to see it on the live. It's on the live. Amazing. So this is this is our about us deck. So this is what I send to um, anyone who's looking for like a press release or to know a little bit about our show when we're doing a press release, when we're sending stuff out to sponsors. So you'll also see our sponsorship packages at the bottom um, mm-hmm. to give you guys kind of an idea of what you can put in a sponsor for show, sponsorship package and what you can include in it. But there's yeah. different scale rates and you know you can play with that as you please. But we have this. So we have our header, which is our show. And then we explain what it is and what our story is. And then as you scroll down, you can see some of the stuff that we've won. And then we outline the format where it explains what the show's about, what the length is, how it goes about, where we are at this tart spot in our career, where you can have seen some of our comics and our show. Oh, and just some photos yeah. to set the vibe, set the tone. Yeah. And then this part's really important. So when you're approaching sponsors and let's say, for example, they're looking for um, more ROI, so return on investment. They want to see more followers from their page and they want to know what your statistics are and how many people you reach. And they also want to know their age groups, how many are men, women, non-binary, um, do you have an email list, which is also something that's really attractive to them? Cause that's something that you could add into your packages or email blasts, for example. So all the times that you sell on your, um, on your platform or on your website and you collect those emails, what we do is that the day after the show, for example, I send an email blast thanking everybody who came to that kickback, a discount code and the link to the next show for pre-sale tickets. Oh, that's a way to keep things kind of fresh, but it also is, is genuine and it doesn't end up in their junk box because it's coming from the event website that they bought the tickets for. Yeah. And they know it's you. So it doesn't come off spammy. It's like, guys, thank you so much for coming. Here's a, here's a discount code. Here's a pre-sale link. There's cheap tickets. Like just showing that you're a person and not just this machine that is constantly demanding people of uh, of their money so that's kind of how we like to do it yeah so like as i'm listening to you you uh, like there is so much customer like experience and like fan experience in the way that you think about comedy and the way that you're thinking about like the entire like experience and obviously you mentioned that you've got a marketing background and what yeah. i want to know is like How'd you get to that point to apply those kinds of things to comedy? Because that's not really applied to a lot of comedy. I mean, having seen a lot of comedy shows, I don't remember (laughs) the last time I got a thank you for going to a comedy show or going to an open mic or something like that. So like, I'm wondering like, how'd you get to that point? And what are the things that you think producers and people that want to start comedy shows can think about to get to that place where they're thinking the experience? Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I, I would I'd have to be honest and say it kind of goes back to my roots, right? Um, Greeks are big hosts. The <laughs> every woman needs to have their turn hosting Easter and making sure that everyone has the most food and 
you know, the most guilt trips and the most. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, Food and guilt trips. Know, <laughs> oh my God. You're not cleaning. You're not this. You're not that. Um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, giving in our culture. It's a lot about giving out, giving out. It's a, strangely, it's a lot of martyring too, but you could find the positives with it. I still struggle sure. with it, but it's like, no, no, you eat, I won't eat. Oh, here, eat more, eat more. <laughs> like there's a, definitely a basis of where that comes from. And then again, you know, kind of growing up in the church and, you know, going to youth group and having that community as well and making sure that people felt as accepted as possible, which was my experience in the church anyways. I know that not everyone has that, but I always felt really, you know, welcomed and I, I kept those values and my partner keeps those values as well of, you know, at the end of the day, it's just about making sure people feel accepted no matter what and giving that grace and making sure that despite who they are, you're looking at them and you see the person that they are. Um, and then the biggest part is definitely as well, working for Club Med, which was a French resort. I lived out in the Caribbean for three years. And the biggest part of that company was customer engagement. So we would have to eat with the guests, party with the guests, um, not sleep with the guests, but everything else. <laughs> That's what we had. Your partner's <laughs> creeping over the camera right now. Excuse me. I was, I was not that type of club med girl, but but that that customer experience. I was a go go girl. I'd have to do all of the the dances when the shows would start. You know, I was, I was standing on bars in the costumes, you know, getting all the guests all riled up and and ready to go. And it was embedded in us for three years. You know, we had to stand outside sure. of the restaurant and greet every person by name. And being in that environment for three years and seeing how people really felt seen when you remembered them. And at the end of the week, they would cry saying bye to you, which is not a normal resort reaction that most people have anyways. But that's what made Club Med such a popular, successful resort chain. They were the inventors of all-inclusive. So mm -hmm. that was my training environment for three years. It was, it's 12 o'clock and it's the, it's the foam party and we need our dancers to go up. So I was one of the dancers and I'm just googly googly. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we have to do the clap clap for the circus show where we all stand in a line and we clap for all the guests coming through. So it was really instilled and embedded in us that you better make sure you remember every name, every person. When you see them, you make sure they feel like the king and queens of the world. And I'm glad that I took that from that experience and brought it to the show because it really is a formula that works. And it's so easy to be kind and welcoming so much more than it is to be cold and bitter to people. And yeah. it's such an overlooked thing to just smile at someone and say, I remember you. Like, you'd be shocked how many people come in. Like, you remember me from last show? Really? You remember me? Of course. I'm staring at the entire audience all the time. And it it's something so small that goes so far. And, and I can't ignore is a reason why, you know, people keep coming back is that personability. And maybe it's a little more socially exhausting, but to make someone feel special is like, is the best way to keep a loyal customer, right? Even when you mm -hmm. go to a shopper's drug mart and you have like 25,000 points, you can get yourself like a free cheese. I don't know what example I'm using, but when you get, you know, when you get rewards from, from like a club that you're a part of or something like that, it always yeah. feels nice and it kind of always feels worth it. Um, and so seeing that integrated into the show, 
of always standing at the door. So I always stand at the door and I shake everyone's hand and I say, nice to meet you. My name is Eva. Thank you so much for coming to the show. And we have a, a little goodie table from our sponsors with like little gifts that we give out. And we're like, this is for you guys. You can take as much as you want. It's our way of saying thank you. So Greek weddings, for example, that's a very big custom in our culture is that you leave an event and you always have a, a goodie bag. Sometimes the grandmothers steal the flowers and the plants, but whatever, we don't have any of those. So <laughs> we just have little, little goodie bags and it's so small, but it goes so, 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 so far. It's definitely recommend doing a goodie table with like candies, fruit roll-ups, little post-it cards with cute letters. And it makes people feel like they're part of something secret and they're part of something special. Think like, imagine going to Montreal and you end up in a random loft with cool lights and projectors and it's behind a hidden door. Like everyone dreams of that Scott Pilgrim experience, right? <laughs> and then you get it and you're like, oh, this is not just a show, this is a community and I'm gonna make a friend and then I'm gonna meet that friend next month. Hi, Oz. <laughs> oh yeah, Oz said, hey, Eva. Very cool. Was there anything else from that, um, uh, this uh, presentation that you were wanting to show um if you guys want to see what sponsorship packages look like you can keep going down going so here down. we just have some testimonials of people that wrote to us after a show those oh. are always nice feel the words it gives people a kind of an idea of how you know your audience actually feels and then you have who we are as the producers with our little bio so are there are there three people behind kickback is it basically like three people that kind of make everything happen yeah, so it's it's myself, it's my partner Micah. So he's actually the original idea idea maker and creator of, of the show. He definitely pushed me to do it because there was a moment I did not want to. Mm. And then my friend Ariane Tonka, who is amazing. She's also from Montreal. She she's a powerhouse of a woman. Micah is a powerhouse of a DJ and a co-producer. He's he's DJed everywhere and anywhere and he because of all of his travels he really knows how to set a tone and set a mood for people to enjoy music is such a big part of a production and of a show mm -hmm. you have the right music you can get people into any mood so his you know his specialty is house and disco with a little bit of hip-hop and that really montreal feel he he captured he captures it so perfectly and i'm i'm so grateful for that because I don't even think the show would be that without him and his his taste, right? So everyone has their little puzzle piece and their magnet to make it what it is. And Ariane kind of also took what we had and magnified it because she used to have a marketing company as well. So she has that marketing background, but she helps produce the low-key comedy show out of the comedy store in LA with Matt Ray from Paul uh -huh. Yeah, I'm familiar with that show, yeah. Yeah, we met because she came to my show and then I started you know, consulting her on ways that she could help with like low key comedy social and, and growing that. And she's uh, she's been such an expander in the show. And, you know, she made she designed this whole about us kit and helped us get off the ground. And she's a wonderful photographer and videographer. So creating a team as as you grow is really important because for a while we were kind of solo and I was definitely drowning and I was definitely mm -hmm. last minute with a lot of things. And Sometimes people would think that the kickback was just this thing that was announced a week before, but really I was so busy. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though it all worked out, like, it wasn't, it wasn't always that like everybody makes mistakes and sometimes life gets super busy, but 
when you do have a good team and you do have a good support system, even the day of the show to take some stuff off of your shoulders, it it just it only really helps you explode. So if you guys are producing shows together, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, it makes it more fun and more sustainable because I've done it both ways and you can very easily get burnt out or it can very easily suck the fun out of the show if it's you doing literally everything. So, oh, yeah. So it's, it's yeah, it's good context of like, yeah, you're producing this awesome show that ended up being a part of JFL and there's this amazing team behind it that makes sure everything is running on all cylinders. So that that's definitely an important note yeah. for comics. And I, I don't have my other girls in here with me, but I have my on-site girls that hand out the shots and help me set up all of the venue when we get there and they're our best friends. And they also are like having a good team like during the show, staff is also really important for the mm. comedy experience because crappy staff can really ruin things for people. A bad mm. waiter, a bad bartender, a bad greeter can can really dim an experience off the bat where it doesn't need to be. But if you truly find people who are an extension of who you are and can kind of carry that vibe, you're you're set for life. I would be nothing without those girls. They always make sure no one takes a shot before the show starts to the point where like <laughs> Tess is Italian, so she'll she'll spank people. <laughs> it's it's one of those. But uh, but yeah, I guess we That's can keep awful. going and just finish that up. Oh yeah, to see the sponsors. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we getting into the money. Yes. So <laughs> this is what's really important. Maybe you can zoom in um, okay. when you're building a sponsorship package or a proposal for a company. What's really important is showing them where these costs are going and where you're getting these numbers from. So the kickback is a high cost show. So our venues cost a lot. We hire staff. It's not. You know, there's different ways to do comedy shows. You could easily find a great bar who will give you uh, the venue for free as long as they take bar sales and they'll even give you a, you know, a budget for the comics to help pay them just for bringing people in. You can also have that deal and have a percentage of the bar or if you want to go completely independent, which is what we do, this is kind of, you know, what goes into building up those prices and why it makes sense and also giving people kind of an a la carte option and as well knowing what your reach and 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 what um what your influence is to kind of you know kind of affects these things so if they want to be a sole sponsor it costs a certain amount if they want a shout out of their name or a banner it costs a certain amount when you think of promotional videos and ad spend that costs a certain amount and it still gives them a lot of exposure because the reason brands are going this way now is because it's like a digital modern day billboard. It's about impressions. So the more you're giving, don't devalue the power of social media because reach can go very, very far and you guys are still kind of helping each other. So for example, for a promotional video, we have to hire a videographer. We have to get the videographer to edit. Sometimes that takes six hours. So that's the cost of that. If you want video rights, for example, Mm-hmm. So there's promo codes, there's flyers. So make sure to really always outline your costs. So I have digital flyers I have to make that cost me $250. I have a videographer that cost me $500. So if you want any part of that, this is where this number comes from and where it's going. And as if long for, as it makes sense, sorry. Yeah. So for like digital promotional video, are you shooting a promo for the sponsor? Or no, like... it's if they, so if they want their logo included, 
in oh, the this is to put their show. logo on it. Okay. Yeah, to put their okay. logo on it. Yeah, and then, you know, there's logo or sometimes what you can offer companies is a collaborative post where it'll show up on their timeline and your timeline. Or you can offer a contest giveaway with, you know, with their branding kind of all over your page or in during the event if they want their banner up in the back or positioned in certain places. Those are all factors you can consider when when speaking to a brand. So say they want their banner right on stage next to you. Well, that's going to cost a certain amount rather than having it up against a wall somewhere else. Right? Yeah. And oh. and when uh do you do in show promotion as well? Like Yes. Like so there's the certain companies, for example. Yeah. So there's certain companies, for example, who um operate within the gray area of the law. So sometimes you'll have a cannabis sponsor approach you and say, you know, within these rights we're not able to um to promote in Quebec or promote in Ontario, but we would like to sponsor just our name. We'd like to sponsor the second signature shot under our name during mm. the event. And then, yeah. or there's a QR code that they can follow and get a t-shirt from that brand because they're not specifically necessarily allowed to do certain types of advertising. So gotcha. there's so many different ways that you can go about it. But what's really important when you're approaching companies is to know your costs and what's attributing it to it so that it all makes sense. Because sometimes these companies will look and just kind of say, well, where are you getting $2,000 from? Why would I, why would I do that? And then once you show it to them and you break it down, they're like, okay, they're not just looking for, they're not just looking for money. They're showing us the value. Mm -hmm. So then the number doesn't look so scary and it doesn't really look like you're chasing out for anybody or doing something that you're not supposed to do or cutting corners because it goes both ways, right? You know, these companies also don't want to feel like people are just hunting for their money in their budget during Q4, Q3 and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's oh, professional. Like if you want to make keep... money, you should come off professional. <laughs> yeah. And, and they, they do get a lot out of it, right? So for this specific package, you can get, you can sponsor the official cocktail hour. So your logos and your names are on everything. And then we get on stage and we give a shout out and we thank you, or we put up a QR code to have people follow, to really make sure that both partners are getting are getting exactly what they need. I'm gonna nerd out real quick as you started talking about quarters uh, <laughs> and, Q1s and Q4s. Is do you have a strategy like around when you hit up these sponsors or when you hit up certain people, or like no. are there? Okay, so uh, but you should, you, but you should. That's the thing. It's like you should. Okay. Gotcha. I, I didn't, I didn't always, but for example, you need to give companies at least a month to send them a proposal. So you can't, yeah. you can't just send a company and be like, Hey, my show's next week. Can you sponsor me off the bat? Sometimes you'll be surprised. I won't say never say never. Cause I'm the queen of things happening last minute, but for the most part, a month to two months in advance to show people that you are prepared and you're ready and this is what you have projected and the other thing that will really help you with sponsorships that brands are looking for is consistency that is something that is people don't really talk about and that is often missed but it's harder to get a one-off sponsorship than it is to build a partnership so if you have six shows you know lined up you should present that to them it's like we are a consistent show we do this every single month without skipping a month. 
we've done X amount of shows already, and this is what we have projected for us within the next six months. It's something that they can come back to their team and look at and be like, okay, how much can we allocate to this budget? Or even give them the option of what show they'd want to sponsor. So we have, you know, one show on 420 that we had a wellness brand approach us and say, you know, we'd like to fully sponsor this and give out t-shirts and give out this and give out that. But that's a two month in advance and because it aligned with what their mission was, but they weren't sponsoring the past two. So giving people kind of that, that option and that conversation to see where they can fit in or if they want to be a premier sponsor and just to know that, you know, they're, this isn't just something they're throwing their money at because they have to see some ROI as well. A lot of these brands are looking to target a new audience. They're looking to gain more social media followers. They're looking to attract a certain type of person that you might be able to provide them. But yeah. everyone knows you don't just get them once, right? You don't just start <laughs> dating a guy after one date. They got to court you a couple more times. You need some consistency. You got to keep watering that plant. <laughs> Can't get no hoochie without some, some nice pasta. <laughs> dating yeah 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 it's like dating you, the you know like for it's love like... like carbs yeah that really <laughs> once a month baby i'll take you out you know <laughs> olive so garden are you are you hosting the show too like as yes. part, as a producer are you hosting the show so you're doing all the sponsorship stuff like up top so do you have any advice for kind of like producer slash host of what they should do at the host part as to sort of elevate the experience as well? Yes. So one, uh, I'll say it louder for the people in the back, come up to good music. One, make oh. sure the in the venue are dimmed. There's nothing every comics and audience alike that there's nothing worse than being in a really highly lit room, having to see everyone's faces. It's super exposing. It's super uncomfortable. Uh, do not recommend at all. Dim, warm. So you get your yellows, your purples, and your blacks, and your blues. Those are really, really important colors for environment. Even on a, like a psychological basis, it calms people down, and mellows them out. So we have a color scheme. You'll see purple all over our page. And purple will bring you back to purple and yellow, the 80s, hip hop, laid back. There's a there's a cognitive message that is kind of sent to your brain when you walk in where you're like, oh, I'm going to relax now. And sometimes, you know, when you have those like hardcore pot lights just kind of shining down, I will not book a venue anywhere with pot lights. It'll never happen. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way. No pots no. for I me. Will put, I will put Christmas lights everywhere I can. It'll look like Christmas at the Crumps house in that place before I use pot lights. <laughs> I will look like a hipster from Portland. I don't know. <laughs> All our Portland uh, hot breathers are like, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> we are trendy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but, this is great. Yeah. But it's really it's important. Awesome. Like your venue is your venue is everything. Then if you find a good if you find a good venue, you'll be able to take a lot of the pressure off of yourself. Mm. And sometimes it's worth a bit of the extra money because you know, if you find a venue that's plug and play, 
which means they have audio recording systems set ready to go. They have their lighting already. They have a sound tech available. It takes a lot off of you worrying if you're going to get feedback off of the mic, which we've done. It's happened to us with venues that are well-established and not well-established. So a sound check, super important. Making sure you have dim lights. Candles are awesome. You love candles, set in that mood all day long. Candles everywhere. We even put we even put incense. Wow. We even put incense. I am crazy. (laughs) You will smell nice. You will feel nice. (laughs) Your partner looks over the computer again. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about Club Med and then I'll crazy. You're like, what kind of comedy? No. But, you know, smell is really important. We we once had, you know, we once had one kickback where we rented this venue because we got double booked and there was a bit of a funky smell. And uh, the, girl came, the girl came up to us and she was like, yeah, it's an old Montreal building. There might be a rat up there somewhere dead, but we got you some Febreze and some incense. And I was like, oh, bruh. So there it was, it almost looked like a seance in there or a smoke machine. There was so much incense going. Everyone's like, what's that smell? I was like, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I would say one of the the most important things, like I said, is, is greeting. It takes a lot of the pressure off of you because the second you introduce yourself to someone, especially as they're walking in the door. So as a host, like I said, Stand at the door and greet everyone who comes in and introduce yourself. Say, thank you for coming. My name is X. I produce this show. Please take a seat wherever you want. We're going to get started in 10 minutes. If you need anything, let me know. Um, I've had you know pregnant people come to the show, and I know to make sure that they have lower chairs and they're closer to the bathroom. And that attention to detail as a producer and as a host is to kind of have that you know, that tunage in your brain to be like, okay, this type of person is coming. Where can I actually seat them if I know I have, you know, a group of 10? And like I said, we give out a free shot. It's worked super well for us over the years. We've integrated having non-alcoholic shots because we've noticed, again, we have a lot of Muslims who come to our shows or there are a lot of people who just don't drink and they choose not to drink and don't want to be left out. So having that attention to detail to know that this is really just a symbol for togetherness and you don't have to solely focus on, you know, getting messed up, which is what it fully used to be, especially during the pandemic. We're all like, let's get drunk. Who cares? <laughs> let's party. Like, let's just rebel and have fun. We're, now it's people don't get like we've we've had some people when we were doing BYOB get did not know how to handle their liquor. And a lot of that was also based on geography. So I would say for producers and hosts, where you choose and the people that are around that area you choose to produce a show will affect the type of people you bring out because the second that we just moved our venue 10 minutes away where our age group was a little bit older in their late 20s well i didn't have 19 year olds hugging a toilet because they had too many pink whitney's on the Mm. floor and i only got one bathroom in that old venue (laughs) i'm telling you we've learned a lot but it's, it's who do you really want to attract? Do you want to attract the goons or do you want to attract people who want to like let loose and have a good time? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, this was, this was perfect because your first interview, it went in a lot of like the branding and the marketing and 
all of that. And this is more on, this is a lot of like the business side of it, which is great. Yeah. So yeah. you, you it, guys it's rent, we learned too. Yeah. Well, yeah. So between now, last time we talked in this time, is there any other, are there any other lessons you've had to learn the hard way that maybe other people won't have to? Oh baby. Let me get started. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the first, um, one of the first things I learned uh, as a producer, which I, I don't make that mistake anymore. And I make sure to brief it when you have comics coming from out of town, I definitely believe that it is your duty as a host, as much as it is your duty as a comic to do your research on the area that you are planning to talk about, because I've had, I've had comics come on who I love dearly and I've seen perform fantastic in their respective cities and even cities outside of Quebec, but they'll assume that people from Quebec know their boroughs or know culturally relevant terms. So what I do now is, you know, right before the show, I say this borough is the equivalent of this borough. And one thing that Montrealers really hate is the hacky making fun of the accent. We know, we know we're the hillbillies of Canada. We know we sound weird. When someone from outside comes and tries to do the accent, we're just like, mm. it, it's, but it's a brief that I give for their own benefits. I'm like, it's been done once, it's been done twice. It's been done eight times try to steer away from that. They really just want to know who you are. So it's just as important to brief the comics and make them feel, you know, as comfortable as possible to know who they're talking to so they can have the best chance at the best set possible and, and kind of prep them. So I do that now, but I've made the mistake of not doing that. And one of the mistakes I've actually made before is booking TikTokers to do their first stand-up set because that is not always transferable. That's one thing. That's one thing I learned. Clout does not always trump talent. And I have booked comics that have done 10 shows and have destroyed a crowd. And I have booked comics with a hundred thousand followers and all these influence and got on stage and completely froze it. And I love them. And I think they're hilarious. And I laugh at every single video I've, I've ever posted, but Sometimes things are transferable and sometimes they're not. So I've made the mistake before on booking based on, you know, this is going to look really great and they're really funny. And I saw eight videos and I bet they're hilarious on stage. And then you realize you've been doing this for six years and public speaking is a whole different game. And some people are great at it, but sometimes, you know, making that transition, those, those artists and those creators are also learning something new just as a comic would be learning how to use TikTok on the reverse and they're not as experts at all. So it, it really comes back to, there have been a few times I didn't book for my crowd and I booked because I thought it was cool and I thought it was good and I, I thought it would really work out when really maybe they were improv and they should have done sketch or really they were um, you know, singers or maybe I could have done the song during intermission but you learn, right? And you have to make sure to always show compassion um, as well for that type of stuff. But, oh, and booking too many comics. Mm. What, Amen. so for you, so real quick, I'm gonna get logistic. How long is your show? What do you think sort of that right number of comics is? And do you have like a magic, not a formula, but like, do you, what's like the ideal 
comedy sort of lineup for you in terms of how many comics, how many minutes they do, you mean headliner, that whole kind of thing. Yeah. So for us, what I've realized is my audience, because it's a comedy party, right? And so the whole thing is very high energy. And even uh, we have an intermission as well, because Montreal, what do we have? Smokehouse. Everyone smokes. Like it's just left, right, French cigarette. Like that's what it's just, it's part of the Quebec culture. It's, it's what they need to do. So we have an intermission to kind of give people a break, but I, I wouldn't necessarily compare too many shows to ours because you're coming for an evening, right? It's like, you know, you're going to a two hour movie and you're going to stick it out for the full two hours. So our show rounds about two hours. I would actually like it to be shorter and we're working on that. But um, eight is my maximum. And I even find eight goes long. And at that eight, everyone does seven minutes and my last person will do 10. And we try to keep it as tight as possible because once again, you know, one assume that people are going to run on the light, <laughs> which almost inevitably always happens. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> always I'm like, oh man, this is my fault. Um, <laughs> And I would say my sweet spot for our type of format is six. So three intermission game, and then three, and it ends up being around 90 minutes or like just under two hours. But I find eight, if you're, if you're having an intermission is pushing it. And I don't suggest doing like more than 10 when you have that that amount of comics on it because then you're just like really pulling it out of your audience and like mm -hmm. not very nice to them unless it's yeah. like rapid fire if their experience isn't hype and you're not keeping them excited like toddlers which is pretty much how you should treat it right like candy candy shot ooh boogly boogly no it's not two hours <laughs> later <laughs> <laughs> um but again, it, it all depends on what you want, but I would definitely suggest like my dream and my sweet spot, which I still struggle with because sometimes I'll get a last minute message of a comic coming from out of town that I love. And they're like, yo, Eva, can I hop on? And I'm just like, yes, I love you. <laughs> mm -hmm. But then it elongates the show. So it'll always, I think that'll always be a battle, like in a perfect world because we're monthly, I would just say six. Uh, yeah. I think eight for me is the, where we cap it because I've done eight and I'm like pushing. I'm like, Oh my gosh, someone's going to fall asleep. If I don't keep screaming like an orangutan. Like, <laughs> 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 you know? um, but I would say six, I think six at, at 10 minutes each and also finding a way to integrate new faces with vets and also knowing the energy levels of the comics that you're booking and not booking too much of the same type of comics. So we really try to find variety in the people we book because you have to appreciate all different types of comedy. So I had one show where I had a guy who was a master roaster and the audience knew he was coming up with that intention. So as a host to set up the intention of what your audience can expect can work in your favor a lot without giving away the other comedian set, of course, but to be like, this guy is a master roaster. He's amazing. He's going to come, he's going to rip your souls out. So better get ready. And at least they're not being attacked at that point. At least they're, you know, they're kind of ready and they're like, this is what he does. This is his type of art. And then I have another guy who sings with his guitar and he does guitar comedy and be like, get ready. We're all going to do a sing along. And as long as you keep people briefed and, you know, communication and 
you keep them involved and hyped up of what they're going to be getting, they're always going to be on your side and, and treat you nicely. Boogie dee boogie dee should be a sound clip. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. That's a funny we, comment. We gonna yeah. clip that one. I like. Yeah, that. boogie dee. I might even use that with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> We're still having fun, la. <laughs> you know when a kid falls and you're like, "That didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. That didn't hurt." You want a vegetables. shot? Boogie dee boogie dee. They're our sponsor. <laughs> This Hilarious. podcast is being sponsored by Veggie Tales. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Veggie Tales! <laughs> so good. Get me on Captain Bible soon. <laughs> Did you have the buttercream gang up there? The buttercream gang. The buttercream gang. No, we I watched that growing that. up. It was oh, okay. Never mind. I had I had a, um, Mr. Bible, the superhero. The superhero. I don't know. I just remember Buttercream Gang being too. like kids. It was like a, yeah, it was like a religious show and kids, troublemakers. No, it was Lord. Bible Man. Babe, was it called Bible Man or Mr. Bible? Bible Man. His name was Bible, Bible Man. Man? I've, I've never heard out. of that. Oh, check that out. Legit. Get some merch going. Yeah. We had Captain Planet. <laughs> that was it. Captain Planet was good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, is there any is there anything else did we get to everything that you wanted to share i know you're you're a wealth of information Should, do you think anyone has any questions i think we covered quite a bit i we hope did cover so. quite a bit i mean we oh covered. actually i do have something helpful for people awesome instagram posting strategy of reels on tiktok let's we need to talk go. about it let's okay go. so always caption your comedy videos most people watch their videos on silent because they're usually on public transport or doing something with someone or standing next to someone and they don't have their earphones. So always having captions, you can use an app called CapCut to generate those. Uh, if you use Premiere Pro, they also just added a feature on Premiere Pro that will generate automated uh, captions for you because there was there, there's kind of a rumor going around on the social media manager community and I've tested it out myself. And what's annoying is that it, it has started working. Um, there is a rumor going around that Instagram uh, uh, prefers that you edit your videos in their app. Because what happens is that if you, if you, for example, create a video on TikTok and how TikTok kind of automatically saves that video to your phone, it has the TikTok watermark in there. And it has all the metadata. And because Instagram is low-key trying to shut TikTok down, it'll absorb that metadata on Instagram and your video will not get as much reach. So make sure that when you're posting to those different platforms, it's really important that you post it separately. So don't take a downloaded TikTok video and post it as a reel on Instagram because it won't get pushed as much and you know and vice versa and they also want you to use their sounds um they won't push certain they won't push certain content that's been edited on another platform other than theirs so i i tried it out to experiment with it before talking uh where i used one app called InShot to edit a video and then i used the instagram in app to edit a video what was so annoying is that it was not the top quality i've ever spent on a videographer to go viral, it's always the cell phone. 
clips that you yeah. post and it's like two seconds and it goes viral. So it goes back to that rawness and that authenticity. So you don't need to spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on, you know, beautiful, high quality footage all the time. But I've found a lot of success in merging both because it still feels like you found something or you stumbled upon something and creating that impression to people that like, oh, what is this? This is from someone's phone. So they're not just trying to sell me something, which is a big thing that goes through people's minds. Um, but for, for social media strategy, that's really important. And they want people posting twice a day on stories and on their feeds. So it's a bit of a pain, but if you're looking to monetize and where you want to put your effort, I would definitely, you know, recommend TikTok really only pays 50 to a hundred dollars per 1 million views. Um, Instagram pays anywhere from 1200 to 6,000 per million views. And then with YouTube kind of paying the most around the range of, I think around 6,000 to 15, depending on of course your niche and, and your exposure and all that kind of stuff. But consistency is really important. Lighting and having a good camera is super important for storytelling. I've found like your camera, Joel, if you wanted to start a TikTok with that type of lighting, like it would do yeah. probably really well. But I've had friends with really funny videos who have a lot of shadows and it's dark and it kind of looks like my camera and people aren't as compelled to continue watching. And crowd really work nice. does great. Crowd, crowd work does great all the time. It's, it's really successful. Sold. Oh yeah. Sandy asked, I oh, said this was very helpful. And if you could share the checklist from your first podcast and, uh, your, your presentation from this one as well. Yeah. So how sure. should people get that? Cause I want the hot breath to reach out to you. I want you to be overwhelmed. Like the last time you did the show. <laughs> oh no, I, I love, I love that though. I like, if you guys have any questions, you can still always message me on my Instagram. It's Eva Alexo comedy and our show kickback is kickback.mtl. If you guys want to kind of check out or, you know, study what we do or the things that we do, um, I'm always there for that. But definitely in terms of Instagram, don't make your captions too big. Most people don't read it. You can put writing on your videos that are really fast and really engaging. And 15 to 30 seconds is the sweet spot for promo videos overall. And then if you're doing a comedy clip, one minute, that kind of starts off with like why you don't like something. That's kind of what I've I've learned in my corporate and comedy research so far. Start with, so you're saying like the opening hook of the video is about something you don't like? Well, uh, maybe I worded that wrong, but for example, some of the videos that perform the best are stuff that's, are, are videos that start off with a very strong statement if you're not doing crowd work. Mm -hmm. So it's like, these are the three secrets I've learned to a healthy marriage. And it's like, for example, it's a comedy clip. There's a lot of people that are gonna be like, what are the three secrets? You know, or it's like my, my, my day is like this, or and it's that kind of title within your set that I've seen in my research kind of go really far. Um, and then when you're doing crowd work, putting the title of like, heckler throws water at comic using that example those hooks those quick hooks that keep people engaged and intrigued i've seen perform very 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 well kaboom, kaboom. dropping sauce again i hope i hope this was helpful 
incredibly helpful. We appreciate you. I don't know what kind of Greek sauce there is, but you've dropped some marinara, some tzatziki, some on, tzatziki sauce. I mean, you dropped so much sauce. Right I, I, I kind of I have ADHD, so I I bounce around a lot. So I'm no, you sorry. did good. <laughs> you did great. No, this was yeah, awesome. Was Thank you so much. Amazing. I'm over here. Do you guys have like any questions for me in the chat? Or you guys? Oh wow! How did you get JFL? Your show became a part of JFL, right? Just well, we're last. doing. We were one of the. We are one of the partners this year for the JFL showcases. So something really cool in Canada has happened on the Canadian side is we have this great, great, great new talent scout named Neil Bansell and. He he has really taken his job and gone all over Canada, doing almost, like almost hundreds of of showcases um, for comedians and Canadian comedians to be seen. So just off the bat, shout out to that guy. But the way I got that is um, I took a chance and I messaged him and I pitched him just like anyone would, and introduced myself and just show and. And I had heard that he had, you know, I had some friends who had, you know, said like Montreal kickback, like that's, you know, good vouchers. I got some good vouchers as well before approaching him. Um, but he was a really inviting person and he had written, written on his Instagram saying like, you guys want to send me your tape, send me your tape. Like there are really good people out there who are looking for you. And um, the basis of what he explained that they're looking for this year are people for the festival are people who have a strong message, who are authentically themselves, who have a strong viewpoint. And, and it's really kind of all out there. But what they're really looking for this year is like who you are as a comic and what message you truly want to convey and what that meaning is. And even just kind of getting that email with that description saying, this is what we're looking for this year. We want people who are genuine. We want people who want to tell their story. We want people who have a strong stance uh, or a strong opinion on something. And it really even caused myself as a comedian to dig deeper into who I was and what kind of material that I had to rethink. And if I thought that that was TV ready. So um, it's really cool to see that that has kind of taken off and to see a lot of comics feel even more motivated and working hard to get ready for their showcases but it was as simple as i messaged him and i pitched him and i sent him our deck and i set up a call and it was approved and i'm really excited there's seven showcases in the city this year which means a lot of people get to be seen and there's showcases all over canada and it's just been it's been really cool to kind of see how that's grown and it's, it's expanded and there's a lot more people getting exposure um, and work as a Canadian comic. So that's how I got it. I messaged, I pitched it, hoped for the best, and we got it. And I can die happy now because we get to give some people some opportunities to be seen that they maybe not might have not had before, which was our why. <laughs> to circle Aww. all back, that was our why. We wanted Aww. to create new experiences for comics and set a new standard for comedy for people to be seen. So knowing we accomplished that is like, Okay, I go to White Lotus now. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Club Med, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Sandy asked a question about uh, tips for approaching venues. What kind of arrangements have you pitched? Have you had a problem with competitors booking your venue or muddying your brand? Muddying my brand? How dare Ooh, you? <laughs> the tea. 
What's the tea? Sandy, who's trying to muddy your brand, girl? First of all, first of all, when you got a good brand and you know your ethics and you know your morals and you have a strong support system, whoever is trying to muddy your brand just looks diddly diddly dum dum. Okay. <laughs> That's just- Yo. Diddly diddly dum dum. Yeah, we got to get both of those sound effects. Yeah, yeah. English. However, I've kind of always had the mentality because we've definitely had some people. And I think that there's a difference between people being inspired by your brand and wanting to create off of something that you've done because you've made them believe in yourselves. And they've, you know, they've integrated different things. And there's a difference between someone like carbon copying your, your formula, right? So I don't think we've ever had anyone fully carbon copy. Um, however, I, no, not really. But if that did happen, to be honest, all that really, all that it really does. So, for example, say someone tried to create a, a show called the Backyard comedy part no that does exist and those are my friends never mind they're in la <laughs> That's the the back kick or whatever back kick uh, montreal mm-hmm. and they have the same formula and the same everything all that would really do is it and again it's that if you have a strong brand that you know you have your audience you know you have your following all it really does is make people think of your brand because they could try to copy it but if the experience isn't up to par to what you are providing all it does is make them look like copycats. So I, I wouldn't really consider that. Um, in terms of people trying to to take a venue from us, no, not that I knew of. However, I did have a recent situation where we were working with a venue who really wanted us to come with them and they offered us like a sweet deal, like super in our budgets. We were we pretty much do everything out of pocket. Um, and then because they gave us that sweet deal and because we hadn't put down the deposit yet, they came back to us and said, well, someone offered us 3000. So I'm super sorry. You get it. It's business. Mm. Personally, I did not like that. I did not like that at all. It was 48 hours before a show. <gasps> and luckily I had, Oh yeah, it was great. Like, I'm telling you this show, I got like one gray hair. right <laughs> there. Um, but that's happened to us. We've been double booked, but you know, for the most part, Montreal is a really collaborative city and everyone really helps each other. So it's usually from the venue owner. So make sure you sign a contract, mm. make sure the dates are correct. Make mm-hmm. sure you know what you're getting, how you're getting it. And it is signed, sealed and delivered. Cause once again, I made that mistake. We were able to, you know, save ourselves last minute. And luckily Micah is one with words and knows how to maneuver things when my uh, fiery little Greek personality comes out and I'm like, this is ridiculous business. Like, <laughs> how could you? Like, I just get emotional. I'm like, how could you hurt me? And he's like, I've never even met you in real life. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> That's awesome. But, Mike but is again, on like, like I've got a such special set of skills if you don't get this right. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, sorry about that. <laughs> You actually gave her a heart attack, but women, right? <laughs> and I was there with him and I was like, just, we just got to say what we got to say to get, make sure this, you know, venue's intact right now. <laughs> oh, 
it, so you'll it, basically again, you'll it, rent you'll basically rent the venue and then you provide all the alcohol and everything and just take the profits of all that well we so in quebec you have to get an alcohol license um either work with a venue that already has an alcohol license or uh, apply okay. for an alcohol permit we when we're not working with a bar and we've worked some with with some great bars like um giggle like ugh, sorry i mixed up a festival we're doing i'll plug that after uh, but the montreal improv for example is like a great venue and when i first decided to go that route i was really scared actually because we used to be like a byob byow style show so you come you bring your own liquor you relax it was part of the charm and um one of the venues we were working with wanted to charge us more. So I've had a lot of issues with venues, assuming we make a ton of money and wanting to charge more, but at the same time, they're, you know, they're thinking that, and then they're also thinking about, of course, their own lives and their own business, trying to run a venue. So making sure you have that compassion, which sometimes in the heat of the moment, I have not, and I'm like, this is business. And sometimes in the heat of the moment I have, um, finding good people to work with and making sure that the bar you're working with is good. So when we worked with the Montreal Improv, those girls were on it. They were making such delicious cocktails. It went so smoothly and it was a beautiful show and no one really seemed to care that it wasn't BYOB in that moment, which was very relieving. I was having a ton of anxiety. I was like, no one is going to want to come to the show anymore if they can't bring their own alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and all like my whole team and Micah were like, you're crazy. That's, that's not, that's not a thing. They come for the comics, they come for the vibe, they come for the experience. Um, but soon, I think we're going to try to do the bar thing soon. So I would definitely say if you want to make money, money, which is, you know, eventually a, a goal for sure is is finding a venue that you can apply for a liquor license so that you can. Because even, you know, most events, comedy, music, money is made off the bar. So either you do like a 15% split with the bar and the club that you're working with uh, and they give you the venue for free or they give you the venue for free and they take all of the bar, which you kind of think like, oh, that's great. But there's a lot of money made in that bar. You know, sometimes they're they're averaging out four grand a night and you're selling tickets at 35, but your cost is 32. Mm. You got to you got to take those you got to take those things into account as well, where, you know, say you're doing BYOB, maybe you don't have a bar, but you can have a, a Red Bull stand or, you know, with some of those other companies like Coca-Cola or something like that, maybe Sprite wants to sponsor it and you have mixers. So there's there's ways around it. But, you know, if someone's trying to meddle with your brand and like book your venue, if the venue is being slimy about it, like go on to a new venue, because finding a good venue and good people to work with at that venue to make you feel safe and make you feel like your show is going to be successful is just as important as finding the right comics, because we've worked with great people and not so great people and we've been burned and exhausted and felt uplifted and celebrated in so many different occasions. So when you do find those, those people that even if someone is trying to come in and take it from you, if they're willing to put their foot down and be like, absolutely not, we've partnered with this person already, you know, you have a good venue. If the venue is turning around and being sleazy about it and it's a money grab, you don't want that venue because they're not going to put in and match that energy and that effort that you're trying to put in to make sure your show's a success. Kaboom. Eva, you've done it again. Done oh, it thank again. You so much. Let's put some tzatziki sauce in the hot breath <laughs> of earth. 
It's just do you z- pronounce z- the z- t? Z- do you say the t ever? Uh, I do. I don't say okay. Zaziki. Oh, I didn't know if it, I didn't know if it was like a silent t. I don't know. No, it's I didn't. Tza. It's like a tza. <laughs> yeah, it's like a tzatziki. When you go to your kids after and be like, say this. <laughs> I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna actually try that. Well, what what like all do you? Yeah, you mentioned your giggle. You're about to promote something. What what all do you want to promote here? How tell the hot breath? Yeah, so what to do um, now? And talking about the expansion of like Montreal independent produced shows in the past three years since the kickback. Um, one of my friends, Michelle Forrester, has decided to produce an entire festival by herself in Montreal, which is insane. Let's go, um, Michelle. It's called, Congrats. It's Let's called go. Giggle Fest. So you guys should Giggle. follow it. It's called Giggle Fest. That's my girl, Michelle. She's, that's what I mean. Like, Montreal is filled with a lot of comics who have grit. And I'm so proud of it because we don't have a lot of clubs like the other cities. We have the Comedy Nest and we have Third Floor, which is run by Josh Shapiro. And he's amazing. He's also a comic who started this for comics. And then we have some local independent shows after that because our, you know, our other comedy venue accidentally burnt down. <laughs> the way Oops. you said that. Yeah. The very Montre- Montrealers will understand that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And right. it wasn't even for insurance. Um, <laughs> so that... <laughs> That that uh, so that other comedy club burnt down. So other than that, it's a lot of local comics producing their own shows and trying to keep the scene alive. Because we're a French city, there's not too too many opportunities for English comedians. So we have to create it ourselves, which is why there's you know the people here are tough and they're collaborative and we all work together. And that's why I'm so proud of her because what she's done is from um, from April 5th to April 8th. She's combined every show in the city into four days so that Montrealers can see all the shows that happen throughout the city during the month and catch them within these four days and then go on to further support them in the coming months. And the kickback is going to be closing it out as the, as the, as the main closer. So I'm super proud of that. So if you guys are in the Montreal area or you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Giggle Fest and my girl Michelle Forrester. Kaboom. Yeah, I was just looking Kaboom. it up. Very cool. Yeah. Four days, 80 artists. That's very cool. Or over 80 artists. Yeah. That's pretty and- much our entire scene. <laughs> and we'll be sure to uh we'll um we'll link to uh kickback and your social media as well in the show notes yeah. of this. And again, if anyone ever has any questions, you guys can always message me on my personal uh, on my personal Instagram, Eva Alexo Comedy. Sometimes it ends up in message requests, but I promise I'll check it. <laughs> yeah, and the same goes for us here on uh, social media. You can message us or um, if you join our email list, we we send out notifications of these weekly live streams we do every Tuesday. We have some great guests coming up as well. So definitely join that email list and subscribe to our YouTube channel to start being a part of all the comedy goodies. Because we're, I mean, we share the same spirit, you know, of just helping helping the underdogs in this comedy game, give them the resources and the motivation to actually take action and create their own success in this comedy game. So it's always yeah. great to collaborate with like-minded people like you, Eva. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. so happy to be back. It's, it's so cool to be back after two years. <laughs> it's like, I miss you, man. And it's so nice to meet you, Yoshi. It's like, what a cool addition to the show. 
Absolutely appreciate it. I mean, I feel like we've been, you know, I don't know what the American sauce is, but you dropped some Canadian sauce today and we're going to be Gravy. better for it. <laughs> I feel like you just dropped some gems. Like, I mean, this is one of those, you know, you know, we don't, we have a lot of these where like we're helping a lot of comedians, but I'm over here taking just copious of notes of just like oh. <laughs> to make my comedy shows and my produced shows like better. Right. And I've been doing this for, I've been doing comedy for eight years, probably producing for six. And like, you've opened my eyes to stuff that I hadn't even thought about, like greeting people. I love greeting people. I didn't even think about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, hey, some, man, just we were all greeters in the church once. Music, <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff that I didn't even think about. So like, just, I love like your background of marketing of just like taking it back to the basics of just like, how do you make your comedy show an experience? And I think yeah. sort of that's like that next level of people just aren't going to comedy. They want to go to an experience and you sort of making sure that you encapsulate all that into your shows is just, it's beautiful to hear, but it's like, I love that as comedian. Ooh, she is a like, sensitive woman. Don't make her cry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, queen. Yes. Yeah, but like all as right. comedians who are so like me and Joel, you know, we, geek out on this stuff like all the time and we're talking yeah. to each other like man this is we're talking to each other after the shows like how was the show was there any issues like we do feedbacks after our own shows and like we we geek out to such a level but to know that like you have that same not just level but like experience and taking that customer experience and that fan experience next level is such mm -hmm. a beautiful thing so thank you for your time and like Aww. just doing this for comedians you know we've we've watched comics on here who have started and like push them to like go do the open mic like just start the open mic go write that mm -hmm. joke write that setup like we'll help you with it we'll we'll tell you if it's trash or not because we love doing that <laughs> yeah. but you got to go do it you know what i mean and then tell us how it went those kinds of things so mm -hmm. just the gems that you dropped today are just amazing so thank you straight up and i I'll say one last thing. I just thought I'm so sorry, but I, I've noticed it's kind of helped us a lot in the community management and re retention of um, keeping a loyal following and people involve them. Like, you know, your regulars who come in and we have certain regulars that come every month or I'll personally message them and just be like, what did you think of that one? Or mm -hmm. I'll come up to them at the event and be like, what do you think of this venue? It just makes them feel included and like what they have to say matters more than a survey. Or even yeah. um, the other thing we do is when you're buying tickets, you guys can try this as well. So again, we use universe.com. Um, I made a little question box that says, are, are you a new homie or an OG? And then they and then they click it. So I know how many regulars we have to newcomers every month and we can, we can store that data to then show to other businesses. So that's just one last tip. Ooh. I forgot that you guys can uh, start integrating for the long term if <laughs> it works. Very cool. That's legit. I like that. That's awesome. It's good data. Data. <laughs> data. Fire. Uh, fire. 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 <laughs> I appreciate you guys, man. It was so nice hanging out with you. It actually just felt like a good hang. Absolutely. Beautiful. Well, we'll be definitely doing more together and Hot Breath of Earth listening. It's go do now. You have the information. Yeah. We'll link Eva's first episode as well where she gets more into detail on how to create experiences, how to create your brand around your show and 
this was kind of a great sequel. So definitely listen to that one and go out and get you some comedy shows going there, fam. Go get me some smoked meat Rubens and comedy. Woo! Bob knows what's Bob up. Kirk. Bob's in Toronto. Beautiful. Well, all right, kids. Everyone have a great day. We love you all. We'll see you all next Tuesday. For, for at the end of every show, we dab it out. You gotta dab it out. Dab. Dab. Hey, let's go. We'll see you next Tuesday, Hot Breath Verse. <laughs> Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.